Hi everybody, welcome to the RV Podcast. This is episode 410. And this week, among a lot of topics, we asked the question, are off-grid robbers hiding out on public lands? Hello everybody, I'm Mike Wendell and this is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride Jennifer and uh, we come to you today from a pavilion on the beach of Okaloosa Island, Florida. We're sitting here at a picnic table because it's uh, the a- annual, uh, or the daily afternoon monsoon is about to start and uh, we'll get pretty wet if we stay here much longer. <laughs> so we decided we needed a covering. We've got two stories that we want to focus in on right at the start, and one of them has to do with a very tragic but frightening uh, incident that happened at a uh, on some public land in uh, Alabama, and the other is a very grisly mystery that's now shaking up Yellowstone National Park. And then a little later on in the podcast, we're going to talk about the upcoming Hershey RV show, America's largest RV show. We're going to get an exclusive preview of this year's show by the executive director. Uh, and then we've got your RV questions and uh, much more. Um, so we're going to have uh, lots to talk about. It's going to be a busy week for us. Uh, we will be leaving uh, the Emerald Coast area of Florida where we've been for about a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, heading back to our property that we're developing into our little private RV re, uh, retreat for ourselves in Middle Tennessee, near Linden, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And we're heading there. We'll spend most of this week uh, uh, in Linden. And uh, we're pretty excited about that. we got a couple little projects we want to finish off. i got a feeling we'll have a couple little projects forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. We're finding more and more things that we can do uh, on that property, and uh, it's it's really fun. Uh, we'll share it all as as, as we go. First of all, so some uh, we have some feedback that we want to pass along. We did a post on the uh, RV Lifestyle blog earlier this week. Uh, a whole bunch of different hacks or things that you can do that are helpful for the RV lifestyle using pool noodles. And uh, if you haven't seen that post, it's well worth checking because you'd be amazed at all of them. But we did get some feedback from uh, one of our audience members named Bob, and uh, Bob H. Had, uh, had this to say. All right, from Bob. I just saw your article on pool noodles, and you missed one. i got a feeling we I might have we missed, missed more a than bunch, yeah. just one. I have been using one for a, a while now in the microwave in my Thor Torero. I uh, cut one long enough to put inside the microwave and put pressure between the roof of the microwave and the glass turntable. So like a little log, cut it up. To keep the turntable from bouncing out of place while driving. Now I I don't have to put the turntable back in place before you use it when you arrive at your campsite. And that is a great idea. It drives me nuts because in that microwave. Because it's bouncing yeah. around and you're driving and you're thinking noises. that can't be good for it. Yeah, so there so, you go. Thumbs Just up. Cut a little bit of that uh, <laughs> that pool noodle. It's Measure soft. it. Put it in there. Keep that thing from bouncing around. You might have some other hacks that you can do with pool noodles. Read our post, and if we missed one and you have one, send it to us. Our private email is Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. We love getting your comments, your feedback, and your questions. All right, let's get on to the, uh, the, the first thing we want to talk about. And this is just a terrible story, but it is causing lots of concern and fear among 
RV boondockers who like to camp well off the grid in dispersed camping areas in on public lands. And this is this is an unbelievable story. It happened in Alabama's Talladega National Forest last mm -hmm. week. A couple of thieves who police say were apparently part of a larger group of, of basically homeless people who were living in sort of like a makeshift rundown homeless encampment off the grid. They uh, shot and attempted to rob a young couple who stopped for help, killing uh, one of the young men. Uh, this couple who were uh, attending the University of Central Florida were on a, on a trip. It was kind of a last minute trip. They loved the outdoors. They loved the forest. They wanted to go on a hike. And Before so, college started yep, up again. Started, was starting, I think, this week. And so they went and uh, they were driving on their way to this hike when they were flagged down by a pair of women, Two women. who said they needed help getting their car started. And this couple... Um, when you're 20 and 22 and you see somebody who needs help, you want to help. And this couple um, and the young man who is 22 years old uh, got out to assist and uh, the women that he was, uh, one of the women that he was attempting to help ended up um, Can I just pulling their in? gun. Yeah, actually before that, yeah, they did <laughs> have a vehicle I, there. I, they had a car there that they said they needed help with. And this young man was a little suspicious and said to his girlfriend, you know, this is how people get robbed. And he had, he, he had a, a weapon, a firearm that he was legally entitled to possess and he I he over, had that with him pulled over to help him out even called his dad on the phone. to get some advice on how to fix this vehicle and then he decided he you know they, they couldn't do anything to help this couple and then the um, the woman pulled out a women. gun pointed at him and made them drop their wallets and, and their, their phones keys. and their car keys and were trying to lead them deep into the woods uh, now, the young woman said, she later did an interview for an Alabama TV station, she said that uh, uh, she knew she was going to be okay because he had a firearm and uh, that uh, as soon as he could, he'd find a way to pull it. And, and uh, the woman turned her attention that one of the robbers the one with the gun and he pulled his weapon and he told her to drop the gun. She fired at him and, uh, and he fired at her. He ended up hitting her three times. She shot and killed him right on the spot. She and got the first dead. shot in. Yeah, but apparently he was still able to shoot and and, uh, and dropped wounded it. her. Yeah, wounded her. She couldn't move. The other woman fled. And this poor young woman, she got on the phone to police for a half hour trying to direct them. They were in the middle of this Talladega National Forest. She was doing CPR, tried to save him, couldn't save him. Police came. They did a search. They found the story gets even more bizarre. They arrested and sent the woman who had been the the, the shot wounded. and killed the guy and, and that was wounded. Sent her to the hospital under police guard. They went. They found this homeless encampment half a mile away from the. And they saw happened. the woman, the other woman, and they uh, told her to lay in the ground. And as she did, her son, a five-year-old son, came out carrying a loaded shotgun. I mean, this was insane. Um, he eventually put the gun down, and uh, she was taken into custody. They're both in jail. Police have a gag order up on this whole thing, but just a terrible tragedy. Now, normally we would not 
just report that other than I guess we would report it because it's pretty significant news but here's the dirty little secret about boondocking in the last few years in on public lands there are these kinds of homeless encampments now all across the country uh, we were down uh, a couple of years ago in the Ocala National Forest and were warned to stay away that there were Certain drug areas, addicts and we thieves told, and armed there. people and not to go there. Uh, we, we since read a number of stories about that area. We've heard about other parts of the country. The National Forest Service has shut down a number of campgrounds because of this problem of these these uh, encampments of, of these rather disaffected people uh, setting up camp in there. Um, you can camp in them for up to 21 days, but these become almost almost, Cities, uh, little, almost villages. Little, little encampments of such. And um, the, the problem is causing a lot of worry. Uh, things have changed in our country, horribly changed. And, uh, you know, this is just an example, I think, about uh, when you look at the way crime is so many places. Uh, this is very frightening. And so a lot of people are wondering, are, are these robbers like in days of old where they used to hang out in canyons out west and in, in you know, remember Nottingham Forest in the days of that Robin Hood tale? Is that happening again? And uh, it's not looking good. And I think the innocence of youth, the 20-year-old young woman said that these people trying to justify what they did and killing her boyfriend. Said they were desperate. Said they were desperate and starving. And, and I think when you're young, you're very compassionate and uh, you don't have life experiences to say that there is food out there. This, you know, there's yeah. food accessible. There are places you can go where you can get help. Anyway. They were bad people who yeah. robbed them. And um, so I'm sure we're going to hear more incidents like this. And we're going to hear crackdowns and campgrounds being closed. That's happened already in a number of places. Uh, but... Uh, Pretty serious story, and we'll try and keep track of it and let you know what we find out later on. I don't know. Did you want to share what happened to us in that Ocala area where we were? Uh, or you don't want to share? You know, it, it was, you know, I don't ever want to just say things about homeless people because, you know, there. But for the grace of God, could be could be us. But um, there is a an element that we hear. Uh, First, we just used to put it off as rumors, but in Ocala National Forest in particular and others of of, um, of criminals who were are hiding out there, they're, they're living off-grid, and obviously, in this case, preying on passers-by. So uh, our point is, is be aware of your surroundings. Be careful. Firearms are not the solution. I don't know what would have happened if that young man had not pulled out his weapon. They were taking him back to this encampment. I, I would not. I have, don't know. I, I, you know, they had a gun on him. His, that's life-threatening in my book. But and I, but, I mean, there are going to be mean, people defending you, this woman. You saying were that, you know. a police reporter. My grandpa was a sheriff. My dad grew up helping my grandpa take prisoners. So you're aware that there are some people who are not kind and gentle are, and nice. Well, and then, you have always told me that in a parking lot or wherever, you don't go with somebody. You, if you go with them, you're, you scream, you, you run. You don't go, let you, them kill you, you right smash there. smash your you car into something. You never go with now, we're somebody gonna hear, who's got a gun on Now, we're going to hear from Bleeding Hearts saying we're being harsh and judgmental on this woman, but uh, tough. <laughs> That's all I can say. Be careful. Uh, be aware of your circumstances. And, 
and, and uh, compassion know, prayers for this this poor young woman who had a and their family. That. I mean, and their the family. dad who they called to ask for advice on trying to help these people get everything working again. And the sad thing is, is this will cause some people not to help people who need help. Okay. But but it's right. a problem that's got to get addressed as a, somehow. As a, as a woman, you find out what location they're in, or guys. You find that you, you mark the location. You get on the phone. You call nine one one and say there's a car broken yep. down. A couple of women who need help. Yeah, and because, let the police come. Because and you're not. You don't think that way. Your brain isn't wired as such that uh, there's somebody who's trying to rob you. I think could that's, possibly kill that's you. the best advice. Get 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 somebody. Get officials there to help. And, yeah. Uh, and and be be safe. Sad story. All right. Um, the other thing we want to talk about is this rather grisly. Uh, mystery that is involving Yellowstone National Park. You want to share that story? Oh, uh, this is this is weird. <laughs> this is just a weird one. Uh, in Yellowstone National Park, a human foot in a shoe was found floating in this pool in the West Thumb Geyser Basin at Yellowstone National Park this, last week. A foot in a shoe floating at the top of this hot pool. Park employee made the discovery. Okay, yeah, park employee discovered this. And while the park officials don't know whose foot that was, they believe it may have been to, uh, there was a death in July, somebody's missing at the pool, and they don't expect foul play. It's just a tragedy that happened. Now, we've been to that abyss pool. It's a, it's one of the deeper ones. It's yeah, 50 it's feet deep. Southern part of the uh, park and... Uh, 140 50, degrees. 140 degrees. I mean, you know, when we were at Yellowstone, I was like, these they just have these little walkways. I was like, you know, you have to pay attention, be alert, don't be drinking, don't be using drugs. Don't get off the <laughs> Be focused, the don't be messing around with your friends. So as we, as we record this podcast, they don't know whose foot that belonged to, uh, but... Uh, that's a and and we get a lot. Could make a Stephen King movie out of that, yeah. couldn't you? <laughs> and, a, and a lot of people, you know, here's the path that you walk on. They want to go off the path and walk where you're not supposed to walk. I mean, this water happens is every year. Steam is coming out of it, but you stay on the path. And, yeah, and you, and you pay attention. <laughs> so, so a rather grisly mystery. We'll try and keep tabs on it and let you know if they figure out anything. All right, when we come back, let's talk about much more happier things. Yes, like, um, two the, negatives there. Uh, two negatives, yeah, there goes our <laughs> Sorry, audience. Sorry, folks. When we come back, we're going to talk about um, something a lot more exciting, the Hershey RV Show, America's largest RV show, coming in just a couple weeks. Stay with us. Tired of overcrowded campgrounds, competing for reservations, paying high fees for sites? Well, ownership is an emerging trend in RVing that might be right for you. It sure was for us. Jennifer and I bought some land just west of Nashville, Tennessee, in an incredible collection of mountaintop RV properties called the Woodlands at Buffalo River. These are 5 to 62-acre properties that allow RVs year-round starting at $79,900. We loved it. The scenery is breathtaking, and you own it outright. It's not a timeshare. It's your property, your way. You can landscape, garden, bring your pets, build what you want to build. There's high-speed internet available, and it is so private. It's a great place to make your home base. No more calling around for reservations, and it's ready whenever you want. They're selling these on September 3rd by appointments, 5 to 62 acres from $79,900. There's financing and big discounts on multi-lot packages. For information, visit rvlakes.com. That's rvlakes.com. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. 
Battleborn batteries. Battleborn batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And Battleborn batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And it'll probably be the same on your rig, too. Battleborn battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborn batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium rvlifestyle.com slash lithium all right welcome back everybody now time time for our topic of the week and this week we want to talk about uh, the premier event now of the fall season for rvers is america's largest rv show it happens every year in hershey pennsylvania the last two years not so good two years ago they had to cancel it just about everything else because of that covid uh, problem we all had uh and then last year they did have the show uh, crowds were surprisingly oh, the crowds high, were huge. Uh, but still there were there was limited inventory because uh, uh, dealers couldn't get products. There was a supply chain shortage. This year, all that is in the past. There's no restrictions. There's no mask mandates. None of that stuff. All of the manufacturers are back, and this is going to be a huge show. I got to say, though, last year we saw everybody stand in line. All we saw were big smiles. Yeah, they <laughs> were so were happy. The show. To... They were so happy to have a taste of normal. But this is a huge show for the industry. And if, if there is a must-attend RV show that we recommend every RVer attend at least once, it's the Hershey RV Show. This is the 2023 models getting their first introduction to the public. And we'll be there. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, we're pretty excited about it. We're going... We'll be there for a full week. And you can buy some candy. You can even buy your Halloween candy there. And you're, you're yeah, good. Hershey. America's Hershey. Uh, sweet, sweetest place on the earth, they call it. All right, uh, to help us understand and get a sense of what's coming, uh, we talked uh, to Heather Leach. Heather is the executive director of the Pennsylvania Recreation Vehicle and Camping Association. That's the group that puts on this annual show. And um, uh, we asked Heather to give us a broad overview of what's this show is going to be like her audio i warn you is a little bit hot as we say in the business can't do much about that it was just the way it was recorded over zoom but i think you'll be able to figure it all out here and uh, get excited about this show uh, so let's bring on heather leach about the hershey rv show well joining us right now is heather leach uh, from the pennsylvania recreation vehicle and camping association this is kind of the lull before the storm. You're going to be a very, you have been, I am sure, but it's really going to get crazy soon, isn't it? Yeah, this is definitely our, our busy time, you know, but we love it. It's, it's a good time. Well, talk about this year's show. This is the 53rd annual uh, yes. show, the America's largest RV show. And I guess let's start for those who've never attended Hershey before. When you say America's largest RV show, how big is it? We have over a million square feet of space, um, both between the manufacturers and our booth vendors. Um, there's, I believe right now, around 1,300 RVs that we're planning to have at the show. So that's a really great number. And of course, you can see um, 
with everything from, you know, small travel trailers to the biggest motorhome, you know, and everything in between. So it, it really does capture everything, you know, that out there in the market. Now, the dates for this year, the, the public show, uh, September 14th through the 18th. What are the hours? What are admission? What do people need to know about parking and getting there? All right, so um, Wednesday through Saturday, the hours are 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. And Friday, or Sunday, it's 9 to 5 p.m. And you can buy your tickets online at largestrvshow.com. The prices do vary um, anywhere. Um, we, Thursdays are senior day, so that's the senior and veterans day, I'm sorry. And that's our cheapest admission um, for, uh, if you buy them in advance, they're $7.00. Um, and then they range up to Saturday. If you buy them on site, they're 19. So it's it's in your best interest to purchase ahead of time. And it's really easy. You get your ticket and we'll scan you right in and, and you're good to go. Now, it's been a crazy last two years. There are now no restrictions, as I understand. Right. And uh, mm -hmm. there's no mask law or anything in Pennsylvania. Uh, give uh, folks a sense of why this show is so important to the RV industry? So it's important because for one, um, it's where you get to see the newest products. And that's a really great way um, for the industry to gauge how the public feels about them, to gather some feedback on whatever they came up with. Um, and it's a great way to see how, what the interest is in RVing and camping for the next year. So it's really kind of like a, a the bellwether of what's, you know, what's going to happen, you know, in the upcoming year. So these units that they'll be seeing, many cases, these are first time uh, the public will have seen the 2023 models from many of these <laughs> manufacturers. Um, how many manufacturers are, are signed up for the show this year? So there's over 40 manufacturers. And, and what kind of separates us from other shows that you might go to, like your local shows, um, they're usually dealer shows. This is a manufacturer show. So everything is divided by the manufacturer. So if you want to see, you know, an Airstream or a Jayco unit or Forest River, you know, you go to those sections. So you don't have to kind of go to a dealer and see, you know, all the, you know, a variety of different brands there. So it makes it a little nicer for people that are shopping um, for specific brands. And when we talk about this is uh, these are new RVs, uh, people can actually buy at this show. Is, is that oh. correct? So, yep. yes, absolutely. You can buy at the show. Um, now you can't um, get delivery until after the show is over because it's a little hard to, to move them out of there as the show goes on. But you would arrange that with your dealer to have to have the unit delivered after the show. So there's, uh, there's the dealers are there uh, that represent the manufacturers. So you buy through the right. dealer, but the manufacturers are, are showing their units. Uh, some people want to trade in. They can bring their RVs and then the, they would go out into the parking lot and, and appraise them and, and work that out. What are the advantages of buying at a show like America's Largest RV Show? Why, why would people be attracted to do that? Well, for one, you can usually get a pretty good deal because all the competition is there together. So they're going to be coming with their, you know, with their best pricing. And also, you know, there's slightly dealerships are slightly different than car dealerships where, you know, you might have to drive hours in between to see different products. This is everything right, you know, in one area. So you don't have to travel across the state to try and find the unit that you want. You can walk across the aisle and see it. 
And and that's one of the things we always like to tell people, go with a list, do some homework, understand the things you want to see, write down the, the dealers that you want to look at or the manufacturers, but but try them. You can actually go inside these units and go from one to another and save hours. But you also save on transportation costs, which is a yes. which is a factor at many of the dealers. They charge you a transportation fee. Well, they've already got it there, so you don't have to pay for that. That's yes, so that's yes, that's that's a cost that you know can be eliminated compared to when you're buying from a dealership. And I agree. I always recommend that when people come to the show, get the show program, take a couple minutes to kind of plan out the route if there's things that they want to see, and and. Try and stick with that plan if there's definitely units that they want to visit because it, it, you can get a little lost and a little sidetracked by everything else that's out there. And then by the end of the day, you never got to see <laughs> what you were there to see. So I always recommend, you know, just take a couple minutes and map out your route um, and that'll help get you to see everything that you want to see. Is, do you recommend uh, spending one full day or do you really recommend a couple of days at the show to <laughs> take it all in? I mean, if you want to take it all in, it's going to take a couple of days, you know, I mean, some people, of course, maybe know exactly what they're looking for and, and, and they can do it in a day, but we do also offer um, hourly education events. So if you're, it's not just um, going and shopping, you can, if you're new to RVing, you know, there's seminars that tell you what to look for. If you're an experienced RVer, you know, that you might want to learn how to do full-time RVing or there's maintenance tips. So there's a lot of different seminars too that are included with your admission that you can take advantage of while you're there. And I haven't asked you, but a huge draw for many people are all of the vendors that you have in the giant center itself and really throughout the showgrounds there. Uh, talk about them. How many are you, uh, do you have so far this year and, and what, what do these vendors sell? Well, we're, we're currently sold out of the vendor space, which is great. And they sell such a variety of items, um, everything from, and some of them don't sell. Some are there for, you know, informational purposes. There might be, we have a campground um, vendor there that, you know, just has brochures for all the campgrounds across the country. But there's, um, oh my word, RV accessories. There's, a, there's a, a camping store on the rink level so that you can get every RV accessory you can imagine. You know, you can get you can get, uh, you know, your your outdoor lawn chairs down to, you know, hitch kits, you know, any of that kind of stuff that, that you can imagine, you know, and there's a lot of fun stuff there too, um, you know, fun accessories that uh, that are that they're always great to look at, even if you don't have an RV, you, there's, and you, even if you don't have an RV and you don't buy one at the show, um, there is something there in the, in the booth vendors that I'm sure, sure you'll find that, that you'll enjoy. And of course, there's your food trucks and all of the, the food that people want to buy there. And uh, it, it has become quite a spectacle as, as well as the show. Uh, it's always a highlight for us. Um, and and we, we'll, we'll be spending the whole week there and doing lots of meet and greets with our people. But uh, what, is the, what are you expecting in size this year? I know 70,000 has been like a record. Uh, would you anticipate yes. more? What are you hearing for demand and interest? Well, last year was our um, second highest attendance ever, which was really great. We weren't really sure what to expect, you know, because we had a year off there. But we were really, really pleased. And the, our exhibitors were really pleased because people were there um, 
they were there to buy. So that was really great. Um, this year we're expecting, I'm expecting similar numbers. Um, our pre-sale tickets so far are on par with where we were last year. So that's always a really good sign. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be another another great show. The the interest in RVing and camping is still is still there, and I know what's always what's always interesting is to talk to the people and say, well, I was here last year, and I did all my research, and then we thought, and now this year we're we're here to to buy this year. So it's always kind of fun to see those people return. Uh, and that is pretty exciting to to listen to all of that stuff and the fact that people can actually buy at this at this store. Uh, last question is, there were a lot of shortages. The RV industry faced a parts shortage and inventory issues. Um, they obviously have inventory. If you've got uh, over 1,300 RVs coming, give us a sense of what you're hearing from the industry now. Are we over that that hurdle? Yeah, I, th I still think there's some struggles out there with you know with supply and supplies and everything. However, I have not heard the same um concern as what there was last year so you know there was there were consumers that would call and were you know would question are there going to be units at the show you know and and i had some concerns from manufacturers about how many units they were able to supply and this year um i have heard none of that so i feel like we're going to be pretty similar to where we were you know pre-covid <laughs> Um, do you have last year there were a number of manufacturers that didn't come because they didn't have inventory are they back this year they're all back this year plus a new a new one we have ember rv this year as well so they're they're joining us yeah so but yes everyone has returned well i look forward to, to seeing you in person again and thank you for uh sharing uh the excitement about it rv show season starts off every year with the uh america's largest rv show and uh, I can hardly wait just a couple of weeks away. Heather, I know. Thanks, for, thanks for being our guest. And uh, we'll see you soon. Get some rest because you're a <laughs> <really> woman. <laughs> Thank you. I will. Well, Heather has certainly got us excited about going there. We can't wait to go there. And uh, we look for us. We're going to be there Wednesday, September 14th, 2 p.m. at Battleborn Battery Display. That's one of our meet and greets. And then on uh, Friday, uh, and Saturday, September 16th and 17th, we will be doing uh, a 10 a.m. Uh, meet and greet both days, Friday and Saturday, at the Keystone RV display. Look for us around those new, brand new Arcadia fifth wheels that they've set up. And uh, I think we'll probably have a couple more meet and greets, uh, certainly while we're there, and we'll, we'll share those all with you uh, as we get closer to the show. But uh, the show is the 14th to the 17th. We should point out that there is free camping First come, first served. It's dry camping. Uh, there's no electricity. There's no water. So stock up. And that's from Tuesday on. And uh, you can come. It's right across the road from the show. They have a shuttle that takes you uh, to the show that comes back and forth to that uh, improvised campground. But there is free camping there. And uh, a lot of people enjoy boondocking at the show. It's a, it's a big show. You'll get tired walking around. Mm -hmm. All right, Hershey, coming up. Coming up on the podcast next, after a quick break here, is the questions of the week segment. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country, and there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just want to shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World, and as we talk about it as one of our sponsors, 
they have agreed to offer a 10% discount if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you buy $99 or more in merchandise. You'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. Welcome back. Time for the questions of the week. And let me start. We had two of them. We've, we've, of course, done a couple of stories recently about the land that we're developing in Tennessee. Lots of people have followed our whole series about that from the day we bought it in November of 21 to uh, a week or so ago when we uh, pronounced it basically done only to turn around and add one more project, which we're going to finish up uh, uh, this week. But um, a lot of people are interested in that. And uh, let's uh, see if we can answer a couple of those questions. The whole idea of owning your own RV land is such a big trend, and people are fascinated by it. All right. This is from Lee. And she says, I've been listening to your podcast for years and love it. Thank you. I've been particularly interested in your experiences buying RV land. I live in central Kentucky, so middle Tennessee isn't of much interest, but I love, love, love the west side of Michigan. We love, love, love the west side of Michigan also. Do you know of any developments similar to the one in Tennessee that are available for land purchases in Michigan? If we did, we would buy it. Yes, we have been looking for property in Michigan. Uh, to do the same thing we did in Tennessee for over a year now. And the reason there isn't any is because Michigan is a, uh, well, I don't want to get political. Michigan is a very high tax state. Property taxes are high. There is no big developments like we have seen in Florida, in Alabama, in uh, Tennessee, out in Arizona, where People have bought large chunks of land and they're developing it for RV use, multi-acre parcels. There I think are, the only way you could have large chunks of land is if, um, if you farmland or forest. Yeah, if you could get it and, own, and the tax you know, structure makes it very difficult for developers to mm -hmm. find that and, and to develop them. Um, so the, there are some private RV parks that sell RV lots, but it's just a lot. This doesn't interest us at all where you're right next to somebody else's lot. And, so, you know, it's just like yeah. a campground. We don't really, that's not our thing. Um, so we're looking for multi-acres. And we have found a number of them, but it, almost as soon as we find the ones we're interested in, they're sold. And it, they're difficult to find, um, but um, and we're still looking. Yes, but, we're, we, we, we still want that. I mean, the problem is we're on the road. And you see something, you got to drop everything and go that day. Yes, yes, and that's the case. But we keep looking, and we'll let you know if we find anything. The problem is, is that you, these are individual parcels, so you're not going to find a whole bunch of them. And uh, oftentimes, when we get there, there's no real access. There's not sh shared access. There's no county roads or state roads, or uh, you can't. It, sometimes they're landlocked. These lands. Uh, oftentimes, there's no uh, nearby electricity that you can get, and uh, it, it's a lot more work than finding a development that's kind of being built up like we've seen, in, like we have in Tennessee. But we're looking, and uh, we haven't found them. Yeah, if you can buy from, the, like, what we bought from, all those bumps in the road have been kind taken of, care of, smoothed yeah. out. 
because you there are really so many things that you have to think about when you buy a private parcel of land. Okay, on a similar topic, we got this uh, from Mark and Nancy, and it says, Mike and John, thank you for all your information about RV land. My husband and I are all ready to pull the trigger. We want to buy five acres. That's what we bought, five mm -hmm. acres. Currently, we live in New Mexico, and we're taking off to look at land. Uh, we'd like to, and, and taking off to look at land, like in Tennessee, is difficult. Uh, I will be speaking to the developer uh, at the property that we're, we're in about getting land similar to what you have, and hopefully they still have some parcels available. We were wondering if you and Jen could be our eyes before we buy. I love that you're close to a county road and that electricity is close by. Please let us know if you'll be our eyes and check out the, prop the property, Mark and Nancy. You know, that's really flattering that you would ask us, but no, we, we aren't going to do that. You, you should never buy land sight unseen. Now, I know some people do, but don't. Trust us on this. There's so many variables when you buy land. I mean, you, you have to know, uh, what about water? Uh, what about electricity? Now, we bought because a big problem is because we were, we were in the first phase of this development being sold. And there's a county road, a maintained county road, that had a water line already down the road, right in front of our property. And electricity was slated to come in, which it has, as is fiber optic cable, which it is right now being installed. Um, so we were delighted to get that. That was a big factor. But those parcels have all been sold. And now, um, if you want water, you got to drill for it. Well, how deep is that well? It's going to cost you, at least from the people we've talked to, from eleven to fifteen thousand dollars to drill a well uh, in that in that area we're in. Uh, electricity, um, you're probably going to have to have have to pay a little bit more for electricity. Is there electricity at the road that accesses the property? Maybe. Is there a fee to maintain those roads if if they're into the interior of the development? It may be that. These are all things that you have to check out yourself. They're not things that we can we can do for you, and we would be very uncomfortable doing it. Don't buy without answering all those questions and without seeing. We we did a whole thing last week. All last week's podcast was about the pros and cons of buying your own land. Go listen to that episode four hundred nine. But we would just wouldn't wouldn't be comfortable doing no. that. No, no, wouldn't want you mad at us in case you didn't like yeah. it. Yeah, of course yeah. they could love us if they like it. They could think we were yeah. really great. <laughs> uh, there's too many variables, and you, everybody's situation is different, and each piece of land is different. You need to walk that land physically yourself, talk to other people in the area. Um, you have to do a lot of due diligence. Got to do your research. I know it's a great idea, and you see what we have, but but our land is different from the ones across the street or down the way, or you know, we're in the middle of a. We have five acres out of a. I think it's like. Uh, 4,500 acres that, that in this development, so they're all different, all the parcels. It's like our land in Michigan. We won't buy it without walking it. Yeah. you got to walk Every it bit and of it. look at yeah. it. All right, here's another question. I'll just read this one. This is a request for help. It says this is from P.M. Patterson. We have our first RV, a 2019 Winnebago Forza 34T, which we picked up in April. We spent the winter researching all the YouTube videos, including you, about how to pack it and ideas. And although I have plastic tubs in the refrigerator holding everything and a shock cord to double hold the door on bumpy roads, I've still had cracked eggs in the container. 
Any ideas? Crash eggs. Cushion. That's a bumpy road you're down. I don't take my eggs out and put them in a plastic container. I know that I see a lot of those plastic containers for sale out there. I like to use the container that they come in because as I use the eggs, I cut it to so that it doesn't soft, take up soft carbon. Yeah, so that it doesn't take up so much room in my fridge. I think I would put something soft underneath it. A towel. Well, something soft, and then make sure you pack around it, maybe even above it. And, uh, so it can't, you know, it can't be bouncing around too much. Put it in a basket, maybe. You know, you gotta, you gotta pack stuff in there, cushion it, and you can't pack everything too much because then the airflow isn't right, and then your refrigerator won't work right. So, you'll figure it out. I have absolute confidence that the cracked egg thing is going to be solved. This mystery, you're going to pat around it. You're gonna, you're gonna figure it out. And we solved our problem of uh, the door opening. We put a couple of locks. Just uh, on simple it. little the hook, eyes, hook, hook, and, and eye. hook and eye lo locks on it, and uh, no longer does it open when we drive our fifth wheel down the road. Yeah, I think uh, a very good solution is those uh, tension bars, bars. Tension bars on the inside, so that it doesn't hit the door. Yeah. I mean, I think that would be a very easy way of and you could fixing that. You could put your egg container down on something soft and cushioning and then position the tension bar right at the top of the egg thing so that the box doesn't move up and down. You'll figure that out. You will sure. figure it out, but tension bars, I also like those and I like boxes or containers, padding. You're going to work it out. You're going to figure it out. All right, that's this week's podcast. Hey, we would love to get your comments, your questions, your uh, uh, whatever you want to talk about, your feedback on everything, the topics we addressed today. There's our address on the screen, Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. Till next week, we'll see you down the road. Happy trails.